Well, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night, whatever time you're listening to this uh, show or watching it. Uh, this is After Further Review with Mark Furr and John Belkey. Jeff Taylor on the uh, board. It's been a while since we've had the whole band back together. But uh, thanks uh, thanks for dialing us up after an incredibly interesting weekend of sports. But I think, Mark, it would be remiss if we didn't touch on the elephant in the room is why we had to lose a show on Friday very, very quickly. So if you don't mind, give me just a second to, to mention that a very, very close friend of mine and a, and a good friend of Mark's as well suddenly passed away on uh, Friday. Uh, we, we got the news on Friday and uh, had a lot of emotional reasons why doing a show would have been difficult. But we also had some logistical reasons because he had a cat that uh, my wife and I had always said we would take care of if something happened to him. So we had to deal with some things there. And our good buddy Jerry Isinger went above and beyond with, with that. So my good friend Adam Ledbetter, he was, uh, and, and I am under contractual obligation to lead with his resume because he would have as well, Emmy-nominated actor. Um, he was the voice of the Cheetos Cheetah for over a decade. And he, uh, he, was, on, he was one of the stars of HBO's True Blood, uh, big wink if you're listening to that on it because uh, he, he he had a, a recurring role, but always referred to himself as, as one of the stars of True Blood, John, uh, of, of uh, HBO's True Blood. And uh, Mark, I think you would agree with me, a character with a capital C who uh, if you, you are unlucky if one such character uh, never comes into your life. You are lucky if you don't get to because uh, there was a price to pay because he was like a hurricane. A little bit. There's no doubt about it. And he, uh, in terms of the resume, want to let everyone know we're, you know, we're in Orlando, Florida. There, you know, especially at the turn of the century, there were a lot of people with big dreams in uh, in our in our <laughs> circle of friends. A lot of people because there was a, a lot of work happening in Orlando, a, a good amount of TV work and. Universal actually had you know, had had studios there, and so did Disney, and um, and there are a lot of people. More, Uncle Mark. And a lot of people went to Los Angeles to yeah. to, to make it to yeah. make it. <laughs> and uh, one of our very good friends, Joel McCrary, uh, did that. There's yeah. no there's no uh, denying that. And he's Adam, on the television show currently, Dwight in Shining Armor, actually, which is exactly. A, and he's had a, he's had a long and uh, prosperous career. And Adam did did as well. He was in True Blood as a recurring character, as you mentioned. He had those great voiceover gigs. He went out there and was a working actor, yeah. and was and and was doing very very well for himself. And he was a bit of a hurricane. And, 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 and you, at times, you don't know where things are coming from. But I will tell you this: that if he if he if he liked you, if you were really his friend then he would go to bat for you almost more than any other person I've loyal. seen. There Recklessly was a, loyal. Reckless yes, in everything he did, including his loyalty. That's that's absolutely true. There was yeah. an example of uh, myself and the aforementioned Jerry Isinger. We were going out uh, and having drinks with the director of the, the first independent film that we did together back, you know, almost 20 years ago. And uh, that particular director, you know, had a bit of a, assholic streak i should say and uh and in the middle of of him ranting about how bad we were or something adam reaches over and he's sitting next to me 
and the director is on my other side. So Adam has to go across me and literally headbutts this guy hard <laughs> to, to get him to shut up. And it was shocking, but it was also like, you know, so appropriate. Look, at he, this guy's got this guy's got my back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and but yeah, but if you were not if you if you were on the wrong side of that, then uh, then then there'd be another price to pay. But Adam Ledbetter was um, just a, just really a, a, a great friend and uh, a major character, a, a very talented guy and um, packed a lot into a relatively short life. Absolutely. Almost got into, and I mean, when I say almost, it's like separated while clenched fight with Sebastian Bach. Uh, and uh, I think all of us were kind of sorry they pulled them apart because frankly, that's a win-win for me if Adam Ledbeater and Sebastian Bach get into a fight. Uh, but uh, he was uh, <laughs> dissuaded from that. He uh, recently, he moved here a couple of years ago and he lived with my my wife and I. And uh, on flying out, uh, he he flew, and he had a problem with the, one of the uh, eyelids of his eyes. So he had kind of a funky-looking eye, and he was wearing an eye patch. Um, he was medicated and self-medicated to the point that would impress uh, a, a unit on Omaha Beach on D-Day with the amount of medication that was probably into him. He, I mean, just he huge capacity for that. He uh, he had purchased a seat for his cat. So he had a cat in the seat next to him. He was bald, English, drugged up with a cat and an eye patch. In every way, he told me the best part of the flight was in horrifying everyone around them that believed that they were sitting in first class with a Bond villain because he had, he in every way looked like a, a Bond villain. And uh, just, just a, again, a hurricane through our lives. <laughs> And as much as we cried Bond, about him, Bond villain is such a good now. Now, we all, didn't always look like that for a while. He looked like James Bond himself. Yeah, he did. He did. In, absolutely. In, in his 30s, in his early 30s. Uh, yep. and, and then as he aged, he was one of those actors that could be a leading man yep. early on. And then he could age into the villain itself. You're absolutely yep. right. A talented guy. Not everyone can do that. I mean, he no. he. He could bring a lot to the table. No, and, and I'll tell you right now, because not a, not a trained actor in any way, shape, or form, and when he moved out to L.A., as Mark mentioned, you know, there were people who were going to, Durka Durka, going to make it. Uh, he had, Adam had, uh, hosting on a cruise ship, hosting the horror makeup show at Universal, and maybe two stage performances on his resume, in, in addition to a few. Worlds apart. Don't forget yeah. worlds apart. No, and it was a, a critical and commercial smash. Uh, and we all look like for the updated version. I think it's time. Uh, but uh, see, he didn't, he had as thin a resume as you would hope, yeah, uh, or, or you would expect for anybody to go out there. And as I as I said, ended up being nominated for an Emmy uh, for Days of Our Lives in a role that happened after he'd injured himself and he was on all of the uh, painkillers and he couldn't remember. He could he couldn't remember lines anyway. He famously would tell you he was dyslexic. He dropped out of school in tenth grade. You know, so memorizing lines wasn't at the top of the list of uh, things that he could do very well. So he couldn't memorize his lines particularly well for Days of Our Lives, and he. Uh, he said he essentially improvised his way through these scenes with uh, actors who weren't used to that. And uh, the people, uh, the people in the production said to him, you're very spontaneous as a performer, are you? It, meaning he didn't said a single line that he was supposed to. <laughs> and I guess, you know, he felt like they, they're all, you know, just they cut down his role because they just didn't, you know, want to have to deal with him. And he ends up getting nominated for a, an Emmy for his uh, performance 
uh, over a four or five show story Tal- arcs. Talented guy. He's, yeah, absolutely. He's a, you know, the camera loved him. The yeah. camera added stage presence to him, if that's possible, if that even makes right. sense. Uh, it's it's sort of the opposite of what you feel the camera does for you, John. It Pelkey. robs me of everything. <laughs> it, it robs you of me your of charisma. Little absolutely. Of, of whatever presence you have in, yeah. in, in the actual room. It takes it away from you, but it added yeah. uh, with Adam. Yeah, it, it really did. It really did. So he will be terribly missed. Uh, and so uh, everybody who reached out and with uh, with condolences, uh, it's it's sad that we're not going to be able to get together and have a, a service for him because the storytelling, I mean, and what's what more can you when you walk away from this world? What more would you want than for your friends to be able to tell really, really entertaining stories about you and the time they spent with you. And so he packed 152 years into the 52 that he got. So we're going to miss you, mate. Uh, but uh, we're now going to move on to something you would have hated, and that is talking about sports because you didn't give a shit. So here we go. My goodness, what a weekend. Mark Ferreira. No doubt about it. No we learned some things. It. You and I were texting back and forth, and I just want to say, Mark and I were texting back and forth yesterday. We have, we have learned some things. We've learned some <laughs> definitive things. Don't we don't really know. have. That will change next week. <laughs> but there are a couple of things that I think we have learned, and you and I were texting back and forth, and it's really a cause celeb today to talk about it. But I have been on the Indianapolis Colts for a while because I thought that yeah. defense was going to be trouble for anyone. And we both we're starting to really feel good about the Raiders because I think both you and I thought Derek Carr was a good quarterback stuck in a bad situation for an extended period of time. And man, did he show it in a loss last night in one of the best games I've had the opportunity to You watch. know what it reminded me of? The uh, Raiders-Chiefs game reminded me of the game uh, between the Chiefs and the Rams a couple of years back yeah. on Monday night where yeah. it was just literally back and forth. This one seemed more contained. Yeah. This one didn't seem complete. You know, uh, do 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 the yeah, stuff that you hated. You it know. wasn't a circus because the, the the Raiders can run the football very well. Yeah, they, they can play they were sustained drives. Football. Yes, and uh, and their defense, I think, shows up. And and I, I like the Raiders. I think they're in pretty good shape now. There's a lot of teams bunched up in the AFC. You've, right. you've got and, and now you've got Tennessee and Indianapolis both at seven and three. Yeah, and the Raiders are at six and four. But Miami now is at six and four. Mm-hmm. The Bills are at seven and three. But the Ravens are also at six and four, yeah, which is very surprising. And sliding and the, a little, and the Browns are at seven and three. So, in terms of the Dolphins, the Browns, even the Ravens, and possibly the Titans, you know, I think the Raiders are right there with any of any of those yeah. teams. How you, you you have to argue that they they are. I don't see how you can't because again, they're physical and they're getting good play out of their former Pro Bowl quarterback. Let's remember David Carr. It's kind of buried out there, but uh, there, yeah. And John Gruden won a championship. He just didn't inherit good players and go and win a championship. He's a very good football coach because remember he built the team that he beat in that championship. It's Derek, though, right? Derek Carr. Der- did I want to say David again? You did say David. That's oh, funny. I'm so sorry. Poor David Carr. Oh, yeah, poor David Carr. That's David Carr's been retired for about a decade now, and I believe he was yeah. sacked three times yesterday because he <laughs> literally had the worst protection of any quarterback in the history of football. So it's interesting with the Colts because if you you know they're not not only seven and three, not only did they have a big win against the Packers, uh, but they uh, they're. Um, I, I want to say run differential, their score differential, whatever it is, <laughs> their point differential yeah. uh, is right up there. It's right up there. You know, it, you have Pittsburgh, you have Kansas City, and then you've got Kansas City, and then you've got Miami, and you've got Indianapolis. Those teams are very it, – it's the AFC I, is fascinating. This I'm year. keeping two 
diametrically opposing ideas in my head about the uh, AFC, Mark. These things cannot exist in the same world. But I'm going to say that now is that it begins to look more and more to me like the Chiefs could repeat. Oh, absolutely. And the other side of that is the AFC looks rife with playoff upsets all across the board because I do think there are so many good teams, and I do think there are teams that can clearly upset Kansas City. Um, and both of those things are in my both of those things are in my mind at, at the same time. You just can't let Patrick Mahomes have the ball down one score with less with more than. 12 to 13 seconds that's you have to you have to be better than that that's the one thing no one really is the Raiders were early on I don't think there's anyone that can beat Kansas City at this point in time I do think that we may have seen a team last night that has the best chance that has the best chance and they won't be happy if they have to face them in the championship game but if you ask me by the time that comes around and Andy Reid now has had a chance to see this version of the Raiders twice um, it might get ugly at that point in time. But, yes, they're they're the team that the Chiefs probably least want to face, even including the Steelers at this point yeah. in time, whom both of us, to some degree, and I know you said this today during our text exchange, that um, you're just not – you're, you're just not totally sold on them. And I think the caveat to that, John, is that you're not sold on them being a good team or even a great team. Mm. You're just not sold on them being a 10-0 and 0 team. Yeah, yeah, That's what I mean, it is. maybe we should be. And, and we maybe it may be one of those things where we're just, you know, it, it's I, I always go back to the, the year that uh, Florida won back to back championships in college basketball. And, and people all through the year tried to talk themselves out of Florida repeating. And by the end, they said, you know, I think we were just overthinking things. Um, it always looked like this was what it could be. And I think maybe we're overthinking things with Pittsburgh, too, because remember, we were all on on board for them at the beginning of the season. It's just the fact yeah. that they're 10 and 0 and we forget that, you know, 10 and 0 teams in professional football don't win by 42 points a game like they do in college football. And I think we forget that at times. Well, and they, you know, they took care of Jacksonville very easily yesterday, obviously, and they play Baltimore uh, on Thanksgiving. So we'll see what happens there. Baltimore is reeling. They're, they are reeling. But boy, boy, must, there's a must win. It is a must win. It is a must win for them. Do they play Baltimore on Thanksgiving? That is in so. question. Baltimore had to shut down their facilities today. Oh, yeah, there, there is outbreak. true. Yeah, I guess that really needs to be there needs to be an asterisk on the screen, Jeff, for everything we talk about with the NFL moving forward, because or yeah, college football or well, college football, particularly, uh, which just gets even more interesting by the day. But uh, yeah, that is a question. But if they do, I think you have a, a must win. You know, it's and my goodness, what better thing could you want storyline wise? You need a must win game. Uh, for a team that many people felt would challenge Kansas City for supremacy in the AFC, and now they've slipped behind several other teams, um, playing their their biggest rival in what is probably the best rivalry in football over the last decade. I mean, it's a huge game. Normally we would get Detroit and whoever was going to beat Detroit on on a Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, this year would be Chicago. You know, and there's like oh, still in the middle of the mix for the playoffs, by the way, the Chicago True. Bears. It is. You mentioned the covid thing with Baltimore, Jeff, and uh, the NFL has announced that if indeed things have to be postponed, things get funky schedule wise, that they could go to eight playoff teams as opposed to seven. 
Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be the case. First of all, what do you guys think of the odds for that? Is it going to stay at seven or is it going to go to eight? Uh, the odds, I'd, I'd say I'm probably two-thirds that it'll stay the same and one-third, yeah, 33%, maybe right around there. I'm probably about the same. Because it's hard um, to tell with the weather getting cooler and 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 the and where these things are are happening more frequently, um, and then to take into account states also are beginning to impose rules yeah. that supersede even the NFL's rules. So yes, states are doing I, that, and there's people feel, violating those rules all over the country right now. Yeah, there sure are. My feeling on that <laughs> is if they're going to allow a team from the NFC East to be in the playoffs, then they shouldn't change any other rules. If that's not, if that's not the rule they're going to change, then they shouldn't touch any other rule. I I, I do think the NFC East is a topic that is as interesting as any of these other topics that, that we're bringing up right now. You have a three, six and one team and three, three and seven teams. It's literally the worst chess game ever. It's the worst chess game ever played. It's just like somebody who keeps pull, pulling their bishop out like three spaces, and then the next move, no matter what happens, pulling it back. And then the other team's doing the same thing. No one's trying to get past the middle of the board. It is absolutely – I agree with you, Mark. It is it, – it's the reason that I loved the television show Cops is that the train wrecks are interesting to watch. I know. So so let's talk about uh, the fact that if it's seven if it's seven teams, there's nine teams right now in the AFC that are six and four or better. I believe it's the Raiders, the Chiefs. You've got the Titans and the Colts. You've got the Browns, the Ravens and the Steelers. That's seven. And you've got the Dolphins and the Bills. Yeah, that's nine teams. So even if they go to eight, one of those teams is outside looking in. Right. Uh, If it stays at seven, that's two of those teams. And so, any of those teams could win the NFC. <laughs> well, certainly, you know, the, the NFC East, all of them would. Oh, would God, yes. Oh, please. They would all have already clinched the division by now, any one of those oh, teams. yeah, absolutely. The Niners. The Niners would be in first place in the NFC East uh, if, you know, if if just life was more fair, is all I have to say. Life is unfair, so, Jack Kennedy. So out of those teams, which teams are – more than likely to be the outside looking in. If we have to pick two teams out of the list I gave you, it's not going to be Kansas City. It's not going to be Pittsburgh. It's probably not going to be Buffalo. Mm. It's probably not going to be Tennessee or Indianapolis, but maybe one of those two. I think it's Baltimore or Miami. Possibly. exactly what I was going to say. Baltimore or Miami. Which is why, again, that Baltimore game means almost nothing to the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything to the Baltimore Ravens. And, yeah, and the story, short week, a game that means nothing to Pittsburgh, Baltimore having the, you know, it's just. No, the one thing it does mean, John, they're trying, because remember, the seven-team uh, playoff format, only right. one team gets a bye. But they're two full games ahead of everybody. No, they're right? only one game ahead of Kansas City. Kansas City's nine and one. Okay, all right. Well, I take that back then. So I guess there is something for them to play. There is something for them to play for, because they get a bye only one team gets that this time. Right? Yeah. Which is highly interesting. Who's going to be that team in the NFC? Every week, every week on Monday, we proclaim, and we do this, John, we proclaim yes. Yes. the greatest team in the in the National Football Conference. Yeah. Benefit of, the fact that, benefit of the fact they haven't played yet this week, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay because of, of a couple of things. I, I, was, I was impressed as everybody was with Taysom Hill. Sure. And New Orleans. I completely understand why he ended up with a start. In, in that game. Um, but he is a bit of a hybrid. 
quarterback and you do wonder moving forward if teams start to get a little bit of tape on him and what 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 he can do and again he really impressed me I think the only thing anybody talked about that you haven't seen from him yet is the really good deep arm but that's not Drew Brees' game either so I think that fits well with what they do it's more of an accurate deep arm right because he's got a cannon uh, yeah, right. but he's still not thought of as a good deep ball thrower. So, yeah, it's he, probably the accuracy. It's not like Russell Wilson who could just, you know, throw it 80 yards and drop it right in. You right. know, though, remember Colin Kaepernick that first year, he, he came in midseason. Yeah. And so teams didn't really have a chance to get tape on him and, and figure out how to right. defense him during the remainder of that year. The difference is, though, Mark, is that Taysom Hill's played a lot for New Orleans, so there was a lot they knew about him coming in. I mean, they, they we didn't know much about Colin Kaepernick because, you know, he played at uh, Nevada. We didn't know a lot about the, you know, the wh- who he played against. We've seen Taysom Hill have some success, and we knew what a great athlete he was, and that that athleticism transferred. Um, but, uh, you know, w- with Kaepernick, we didn't know quite as much. But your point is also well made. There's a good point that you only have six-ish, seven, maybe some teams' games to get tape on him. Is that enough? I don't know. I mean, because in terms of playing a whole game and being very, very uh, impressed with how he was able to win, um, you know, we'll we'll see cuz new orleans is right there new orleans new orleans has the best record in the nfc right oh now. i know yeah yeah it's just it's just with the with the breeze thing but you know how if breeze again with the 11 fractures in his uh, in his ribs if he really only misses 3 weeks um which they're talking about this is 3 games and they can go 2 and 1 over that period uh what if they go 3 and 0 oh and people do not know how to defense Taysom Hill and 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 Drew Brees is still Drew Brees is still not a hundred percent. Right? Do you do you do you, do you stay? I mean, well, let's put it this way: I don't care about because who knows? Because I don't know. You don't know. Right? Our speculation is based on nothing except right. our own opinions based on nothing. <laughs> but what are the odds that that would be the topic of discussion? Do you start him? Do you do you keep Drew Brees, the, the one of the best? quarterbacks of all time on the bench right. i mean that will be a topic that Does will drew be Brees become drew Bledsoe? that's it's, the question it's easily defensible to continue to wait on drew Brees because of the fact that his injury is so big right that uh, right, right. that they could they, they could easily say listen this guy had 11 broken ribs we need to give him some time to heal we're on a win streak we're just gonna we're not gonna rush it I agree. I agree. But there wouldn't be. We're going to go with a hot hand. <laughs> uh, here, here's what I predict: that they go with uh, they go with Taysom Hill. Drew Brees has to come in and win a playoff game because Hill goes down with a high ankle sprain. Uh, but for the next game, Sean Payton says we're going to go with Taysom. Got to dance with what brung you, Drew Brees. Thank you very much. Single tear uh, from Drew Brees. But in the off season, Dan Snyder in a move that is 100% Dan Snyder, and by that I mean a move that won't improve his team or the lives of anyone around him we'll make or the, the life of worse. the we'll, nation. We'll, we'll make the nation's life worse. We'll, we'll make the nation's life worse. He will trade his first-round draft choice in which he could have picked up uh, you know, bus, Kevin Lawrence. Uh, uh, I don't think you. I don't think they'll finish that that high. But they would pick up somebody, some starting quarterback, and this is a deep quarterback draft. Justin they'll trade Field. that. They'll trade that away for fifty-five for fifty-five year old, almost ribless Drew Brees. 
Ribless. Whose career will will go in the direction of uh, the breaking ribs? Um, you, had to, you had to remove the ribs. No, I think it's going to be like Ronnie Lott's finger. I think like two and a half weeks from now, it's going to be like uh, hey, these Drew, things aren't healing the, the proper way. Uh, all right, uh, so doctor, you, I can't come back this week. What if you just took him out? What if you just took him out? My ribs, doctor. How many ribs? How many ribs does a man need? Do you, do we? How many? Just answer the question, doctor. I'm not going to be bled sewed. You know, I'm not going to be bled sewed. Jesus God, they'll trade me to Washington. I won't survive, for God's sake. Doc, it's a half rack. I mean, if it was a whole rack, I'd be worried. But we're talking about a half rack here. Take them out, Doc. Throw a few ribs on the heart side. Let the rest of the organs take care of themselves. I got a flak jacket. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be bled sewed. It's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be bled sewed. Take them out. Take them out. Oh goodness. Uh, so we'll see. And then, and of course, the big speculation on that same note with uh, Tua that if he ever struggled, would he ever be benched for Fitzpatrick? And what will that do to the young rookies? state of mind well and now and now it's everywhere and i think what's more importantly mark being benched by your coach on the highest level uh that's that won't do you in but when a uh pale slight entitled radio and television host privileged beyond belief television host says your team made a mistake by drafting you when you've lost Mike Greenberg, Mark, when you've lost his support, you've lost the country. I don't <laughs> think there's any doubt. Well, and I think that leads to a, the inevitable existential crisis that will face to a, in the in the you know subsequent days. I mean, I think you know because I think I have read that 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 is who he is, that is who he has, um, you know, hitched his wagon to, if you will. The congratulations on Mike your draft. Greenberg. Congratulations on your draft by the Miami Dolphins, Mister Atua. Uh, what 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 is your ultimate goal? What what is the what is the thing that most you most need uh, in football? I, I want Mike Greenberg to be proud of me. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I just need Greenberg to be proud of me. You, you what's up or first up take up whatever host Mike Greenberg <laughs> take up. Take up <laughs> whatever show take that's oh, so, take up what arms? You know, what, what does that mean, Mike just, Greenberg? It doesn't. It, it's all that. It's all I need. I've I've seen Mike Greenberg's face all over television, and I know he's he's he is the way. And uh, I, I I hope never to disappoint him. Oof, oof. Not only does he disappoint him, but he said that Miami made a mistake in drafting to after three games. Over Justin Herbert was his, I think, was his over over Justin Herbert, who, by the way, we've seen what nine games for now, and there's already a bust in Canton. Um, again, uh, I think one of the things that uh, we have to remember, and we saw it, it was so great watching Kansas City and Las Vegas, Mark, because and everybody's talking about this too. The Derek, the Derek Carr's, the microphone that we could hear Derek Carr audibling constantly, and all the things a quarterback has to do coming up to the line, you could hear them perfectly because there are no people in the stadium. Even Raiders owner Mark Davis doesn't go to the game. If none of the fans can go, I can't go, which literally is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard an owner say, but okay. Um, good for you. Um, but 
you know, we 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 we're able to hear all of that stuff because there aren't any fans screaming and yelling. And I guarantee you, if the Raiders play the Chiefs at Arrowhead with a full stadium, that's going to be a little different. Uh, Derek Carr is a veteran. These rookie quarterbacks, the Johnny Her- Johnny Herbert, who is a, a Formula One driver, by the way, Justin Herbert, Johnny Herbert, the former one driver, horrible quarterback. I don't think he ever got off the practice squad. To be no, no, there there are all kinds of stories about his his failure. But yeah, it, it, uh, these rookie quarterbacks, once they start looking at full stadiums, Mark, I think we we both talked about that. They they've been great, but there there is an element of the game that's missing this year for these rookie quarterbacks that they're going to have to adjust to. Yep. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it, it is interesting though, that he was benched in the fourth quarter when Fitzpatrick was brought in Yep. to uh, just wasn't dry, you know, just wasn't leading the team according to Flores. And that's true. There's a lot of turnovers. Uh, uh, I'm not turnovers sacks. He was sacked an awful lot. He couldn't, yeah, he, was. he couldn't avoid that. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was a surprise. I think most people thought Miami was going to sort of win going away and I think that's typical of a young team, John, that is yeah. starting to feel their oats just a bit. Right. They start to feel them a little bit too much. And, and colder, uh, colder weather in, in uh, Denver, even though the Broncos are, you know, they're not particularly thought of as a good team. But remember, we had high hopes for them, and we thought Drew Locke was a talented guy. And you're playing in the high uh, altitude. And, and Miami does not do well in cold weather. Freaking start. Third, Mark. Third freaking start, for God's sake. So I just, you know, and I know people get paid to make the hot take. But when I saw, the, oh, Miami's going to, they're going to regret not drafting Justin Herbert. Well, you know what? Let's 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 pump the brakes on that a little bit. The, the, the Chargers are not a playoff team. So maybe he's the next Phillip Rivers, for God's sake, who puts up and Hall I of think, Fame numbers on a bad football team. I, I think generally. this was a, his fourth actual start, right? It was the Rams. Got the car, and he, he uh, they played the Cardinals, and then they also played. Did they play the Jets as well? No, it was the. Um, it was. I th- I think he Thought was, was three, I think he was three and zero, oh, and now he's three and one as a starter. Okay, two all right. So, and didn't he, is Herbert that, is not yeah. three and one as a starter. Let's just let's just say that much. No, he has two wins. Think, Two yeah, wins. he has two and wins. I, Tyrod might have gotten one of those. Actually. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think the Chargers have three overall now, right? But, uh, oh, well, yeah, maybe after. Yeah, one, yeah. possibly. In any case, it, it's ridiculous. All of the speculation is ridiculous. So, anyway, all right, listen, uh, we're trying something new in the show. Yeah. Uh, instead of doing progressive trivia, just going to yeah. give people a trivia question. We know you can Google it. We know you're cheating anyway. We felt like we were putting in too much work because you were just cheating anyway. Um, Joe Conley's wife. Man, she 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 rolled over on him, didn't she? Good Lord. Like, second time she's on the show. Yep, Joe's cheating. It's, yep, got just Googling, Googling the whole thing. So here is the trivia question. Um, again, you win nothing uh, but the thanks of a grateful nation. But I think this is pretty, pretty interesting. Lenny Rowe here just in time. Just a trivia question, Lenny. No progressive trivia this time. And and do you see that Bunny, Russ Ayers' mom, Michelle, Russ Ayers' sister, and Chris, Russ Ayers' brother, are all watching us right now? Uh, Are there expanding our audience, John? Are there 396 more members of the Ayers family? Because we can monetize that. Yes. All Michelle, Bunny, and Chris, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And this will be downloaded onto YouTube after this uh, Facebook Live bit. And, and uh, yeah, just subscribe. It's free. You don't have to listen to it, right, John? And if any it. of you are within procreating age, we need you to get on a Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, sort of role here. 
because he's got like 12 kids. So right. we're going to need Rivers. that. Philip Rivers, Ryan Fitzpatrick role, because we need 400 people. All right, so here, here's the trivia question, just a trivia question. Um, there's a lot of talk about baseball games, the length of baseball games, Mark. In 2000, Rick Riley, the Sports Illustrated writer who uh, you have a love-hate relationship with. I, I'm, I'm falling more in love with him Okay, uh, lately for obvious okay. reasons. Okay, yeah. I, mean, I think he's pretty funny. His his book, Who's Your Caddy, I read, was I found very, very entertaining. We always just got, we always made so much fun of this, you know, like the we picture did. of others' books, like. I know, yeah, he had that. The, 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 like the I've worked so hard. Compl- uh, what, what's the word? Uh, com- contemplative. Or what? Com- contemplative. Contemplative. Jesus. Uh, welcome to the English language. Yeah, he had that whole thing going. All right, but here it is. Uh, in, in the year 2000, what do you got? Do you have a live studio audience, Mark? Honestly, I do have a live, you're spending I do have a live more time, studio audience. You're spending more yes, time talking hearing. to them than you are to no, me. I, I understand that, John. I is it Twain Hart? Are you in Twain Hart? Is that am actually not, happening? I, Where's I am, Uncle Bruce? These are the questions. In, you will see Uncle Bruce shortly because I uh, – have essentially violated everything the CDC has said to do There's yet again. To, to see. Uh, but uh, but Lindsey Graham of the left. <laughs> no, Good no. God, we're we're in uh, we're in California, oh, and uh, I double masked and shielded in the in the airport. Now you we, can't we get social distancing here, and uh, we're going to eat outside. Yeah. We're doing we're doing all the things. Yeah, but yes, we're we are, um, and half the family decided not to, for all the reasons that. Every single person in the world is selling take saying, but yes, I, I went ahead and flew uh, today. Right. I, I was on an airplane and I'm in California and yes, my family is in the background laughing. Now we lost my friend, Adam. So was your, uh, our friend, Adam. So was your, the way you came to this decision, was it like, what are the odds? The two people that close. Yeah. Are going to, are, are going to go yeah. within the same couple of months. A, a one, two, a one, two punch is, is seemingly right. It's like buying the house that was hit by the plane. It's like a w- world right. according to Garp. We'll take this. What are you crazy? No, no, yeah. no. It's been disaster proofed. So yeah. that was your kind of what you were thinking. Right. A little bit, you know, cause I think we're all thinking that I'm the, I'm the next one anyway. So, <laughs> but my, it wouldn't be right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's so, what we're thinking. Some of us are still surprised you're here. All right. So here we go. Uh, in 2000, he went to a baseball game. My mom's three not hour, happy. That, uh, she's not happy? <laughs> no, she's not happy. Yeah. Well, my, Mark, my work is that. done. My work's done. John says his work is done, that you're not happy. Uh, good Lord. Yeah, I know. This is really entertaining now that I'm, I'm sure. just talking to this. It's, it's what we used to do at the club. I used to talk right. to invisible people right. and, ha- and have a great time. I thought it was highly entertaining. Mark, personally. we all know you're not in California. There are no other people in that room. You're triggering those voices with a keyboard. <laughs> These are the voices in your head. And you've now turned them into a, what I have resorted to, John. Yeah. Yeah. Because you mean he's going to show up in your studio with a mohawk in a couple days. That's right. Yes, he will. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, anyway, went to de- I was going to say, ha ha. What a funny joke. But I actually think that probably in 2020, that's a possibility. All right. So back to 2000. Rick Riley goes to a Major League Baseball game and times it's a three hour and 15 minute game from play ball until the final out. He used a stopwatch. Now, I don't know if it's scientific or not, but I thought it was pretty interesting, and it brings up a, a really a couple of really good points that we're going to talk about later in the really show. Fun, this is a really fun question. Congratulations. So he, he totaled up all of the time that actual that the ball was in play. And I think he started from the pitcher's wind-up to, obviously, the end of the play, and then, you know, balls and strikes, all of that sort of thing. How much time was actually spent in a three-hour and 15-minute game 
with the ball in play, with actual right. play so on the field. The second, uh, the catcher throwing the ball back to the pitcher doesn't count. Doesn't count. No, it's the pitch getting there, or when it's hit, it's when it's caught. Um, if it's a home run, um, I, I have no clue. I don't know if he waited until it went over the fence. I assume he did. I don't know if he waited if the, you know for the guy to touch the guy scores because that's still a- the guy scores. Sure, I mean I get you're going to get the run right if the guy if the guy fell and he couldn't make it any further, he ran the wrong way or something. I mean, you would still get the <laughs> run. It's the wrong way. Well, but could be yeah. you, know, you never know. People have been born on 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 third base and stolen second. We've yes, we, we absolutely. Know uh, you know famously. This. So how many uh uh how long did it actually take for the actual play on the field in a three hour and fifteen that. minute in a three hour and fifteen minute game? Now I know Mark, we uh we uh we're gonna move on to college football and we will in a moment, but I want to stay with pro football for a minute because I want to talk about Carson Wentz, because that's a big subject that everybody's talking about, and he is not playing well for the first place Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> It's just insane. The three, it's, six, it's, and one. And it seems like, and it literally seems like it doesn't matter what happens from week to week in the NFC East. The standings just essentially are the same. There, no one can, no one can either fall off the cliff or break away from the pack. Right. So it's going to be interesting now because everyone is uh, separated by just a half of a game. Right. You know, the tie is the difference mm-hmm. between the entire division right now. So something's got to break this week. Well, and I tell you, uh, I you know Dallas. I I just I mean, like Dallas. the Dallas Cowboys as much as anybody, but that is a more talented team than certainly across the board than Washington is. I mean, they're they're right there. They, that three and seven Dallas team is right where they they're, they're right where they want to be. If Andy Dalton doesn't turn the football over and they can get Zeke going a little better with the running game, now the easiest schedule I think looking down the line uh, are, is the Washington football team. Um, Philadelphia has a brutal schedule. The rest of the way, but just about Carson Wentz and and, and I because I, I want to throw this out there. He, he isn't playing well and he's an immensely talented guy. But to me, I just get the it, it's it, it it's so uh, it just so screams that he is pressing so badly because of what happened in the Nick Foles year that he came in as the as the savior. And early on, it was obvious that he is a remarkably talented guy, completely great talent yet to be a great quarterback, even at that point, but the talent was there. It was really moving in the right direction. He gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in, has that magical run, wins a championship. And then it goes back, gets, gets a statue. And then now it's back and it's Wentz's team. And the minute they start struggling, as you knew would happen, people would be screaming. Why didn't we go with Nick Foles? I still think that that's a big reason that Carson Wentz, is struggling because you look at the things that he's doing, Mark. He won't give up on a play. He never will. It's as if every play is fourth down and he has to score. And uh, and I've heard a number of people uh, in different uh, shows that I've listened to, different podcasts have said he may literally be one of those guys that at this point needs a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the problem is, is that, we made a decision on him as a quarterback early, earlier mm-hmm. than we should have. Maybe that first year he had a a, a great, great season before he got hurt, uh, and I think that the previous year he had come in and shown flashes, and then his first full year he had that remarkable year where he led them to, I don't know what they what they you know it was they finished thirteen and three, and yeah. I think he, I think he missed the last three games, 
And I think they were maybe 12 and one when he got hurt. So they lost two out of the three that in the regular season. And then remember, Nick Foles barely got by the Falcons yep. in the first game. Uh, but I'll tell you, it's uh, I, I, I always thought I think people are I think people are crowning this guy as this great, you know, FCS quarterback. Yeah, this huge find. Before before he had a chance to really mature into a, a good quarterback, and you're right, the skill sets are there. But we've seen lots of quarterbacks with yep. the skill sets, absolutely, and, and, and not being able to do it. it it's all up here, really. Yeah. And you're right; he needs something to change up there. Because no, everybody, he, everybody he I've ever right. seen, everybody I've ever seen who knows anything about football, and people who don't know anything about football, everybody's saying the same thing: is he just he literally will not give up on a play to the point that he's. He's getting sacked when he shouldn't. He's making throws that he shouldn't make. Yeah, and he's... sometimes the better part of valor is to get rid of the ball. But, you know, it's that constant. He's I think he's seeing the shadow of constantly everybody thinking, well, Foles would have made that play. And it doesn't you know, Nick Foles is not having any success anywhere. No, he had at a, this he had point. A, yeah, he had a couple of nice runs, one went with Philly and one went with uh wasn't he with someone else prior to that? He was with Jacksonville, but it, I mean, it, nothing. No, no, that was and that was subsequent to it. But at any rate, I think he had a couple of, you know, a couple of shining moments. Nick Foles, he's a Super Bowl MVP, so yes, but he's not, he's not the end all be all. There's no, no doubt about it. By the way, Lenny guessed thirty to forty five minutes. Thirty to forty five minutes of the length of three hour and fifteen minute baseball game. How much time is actually the ball in play? Three hour, thirty minutes to forty five minutes. Lenny, I will just tell you this: both of those estimates are high. Both of those estimates are too high. That's too much time. Not as much, not That's as amazing, much time as that. It is, really, it's it is really, really amazing. Fun question. It, so, it, yeah, I don't know. You're right. Maybe it may be a change of scenery. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Philadelphia, it, it, who knows? Maybe they're the team that rises to the challenge and rises to the level right. of competition. So they, they actually embrace this tough schedule right. coming and they, and they, and they have up. been injured and they are, uh, and they are, uh, uh, from what I've seen, they're largely healed now. They've gotten their people back. So yeah, you're right. Maybe a continuity thing comes together, but I think they have Green Bay and, 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 New Orleans. I mean, I think they've got a really rough a run. I could probably look at that. I, think, I'm skip I mean, I, I, I'm I'm thinking Dallas might win. They're they're and and they they could be in first place. Who else would you take? They would. Who they else would be tied for first if they win uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Who else would you take? I think the oh, other. I, th- I, mean, I think the, the other team are probably playing. Giants are playing pretty well. That's what I was going to say. I think the only other team that you could say has has put. Uh, first of all, Dallas most talented of the team certainly. <laughs> Um, and, but the Giants are the ones who most recently have put together kind of a good run of playing good football, even in games that they were losing. So it's just really, you know, it's just really, really freaky. And it will be absolutely remarkable, um, whoever gets in there, um, because I, I just don't see, I, I'm beginning to not see eight wins from the whoever wins that division. Oh, no. And we saw the Seattle Seahawks in 2010, I believe it was. Uh, seven to they, nine. Seven to nine. There are seven to nine. Can will we see a team that only wins six games? <laughs> and and, and at that point in time, does something have to be reevaluated in terms of? Uh, I just don't think it will because of COVID. Qual- qualifying for the pay- playoffs. I think because of COVID this year that it won't. I think a lot of things are just going to be seen. It's going to be seen as the anomaly year. Don't don't you think divisional setups like that are archaic at this point in time? Not really. No. I kind of like it. I sort of love, I love, you know, and I think it's probably my college football love is that I love the common divisional opponent 
history store sort of thing that that happens if when you have you set can still do all teams. that you can still keep the same schedule keep the same rivalries do all of that stuff it's just more of a like a conference record almost sort of like how the nba and the nhl have done it lately. yeah but then the, you know then you uh, and look and there's always the system's never going to be fair but uh, a great point was made about the new england patriot run they also benefited from the fact that they got to play the dolphins and the jets and the bills in a period when all three of those teams were generally yeah. almost half their schedule every right. year they could you know, you could teams count were at least either five de- wins. Right. Either demonstrably bad teams or, or, or terribly mediocre teams with nowhere near the quarterback play. So I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question, but I don't think to answer your actual question that because of this year, it's everything move, gets. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to move the needle very much, which is, so is everything uh, an anomaly this year. Does that mean the Dodgers World Series win is an anomaly um, and should be asterisked? Uh, now that brings up an interesting, uh, an interesting point. It's only sixty games for crying out loud. Is that I, a, it, was that a real way to really determine a, a World Series champion? I, I, it's a good question, and I was going to bring them up in my discussion about college football. So let's let's roll into that for a minute, Mark. Um, <clears throat> interesting week in college football: Clemson and Florida State in a dispute now over to why. Uh, now if I'm Florida State, I don't want to play Clemson either. I get it, exactly. um, and that's what uh, we have a cancel. That's what Dabo Sweeney has said. Florida State apparently Clemson traveled with a kid who had had some level of. Uh, Symptoms to COVID and subsequently tested positive. Uh, There there are a lot of uh, protocol around college athletics that make sense. Some that don't necessarily make sense to me. One would be if a guy was showing symptoms that he would travel. But apparently that is allowed. It wasn't anything different. But medical staff, I guess, Mark, from everything I heard from Florida State, overruled everyone else and just said, we don't feel that it's a, a comfortable time to play. Um, and it was last minute. I mean, it was Saturday. It was day of. Oh yeah. It was, it was that morning. It happened uh, just before uh, college game because I was up early. I was watching just before college game day came on. Uh, it was breaking. So what is that comes on at nine? So it was about yeah. about eight 30 in the morning. It was like three and a half hours before kickoff yeah. that it, that it happened. So it was very interesting, but what I, what I really wanted to talk about in college football, Mark, was that um, one of the things that we thought coming into this season, you brought up the Dodgers, and I think we all agree. The Dodgers won the World Series because they had the most talent. They were the most talented team. And they were the best team. The best team. The Lakers won the NBA championship because, uh, you know, nominally, and I know that there are some talent, you know, and it's maybe they didn't separate themselves talent-wise quite as much as the Dodgers did because we all knew they've been the best team in baseball for seasons. They just couldn't put it together. Um, they won. They were talented. To me, this all makes sense in a year where you have uh, truncated seasons, less practice, that talent is going to win out. I'm going to tell you, in the Big Ten, I think we're starting to see where coaching uh, is a pretty big deal and in college football and that I think as some of you don't play Ohio State. I think some teams – hold on to hold on to that thought for a minute. I think some teams uh, uh, that are incredibly talented are – were probably caught a little bit flat-footed thinking that that talent would shine through because, okay, you bring up the Ohio State game. Indiana gave them everything they could handle. The, and Indiana's defense had a couple of turnovers that they could have that turned into field goals that could have turned into uh, could have turned into touchdowns that didn't. Uh, and then Northwestern, yeah, and 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 
Wisconsin. And the reason I bring these up, and this is the point, Mark, and I, and I know what you're saying, and I still think Ohio State's going to get there, blah, blah, blah. And, and it just felt like they were in control the whole game. Even though yeah, but it, they never, the but they didn't separate like they do. Well, they did. They were up like 28 points. They won by seven yeah. points, though. They did because they because Indiana, in Indiana, but it was one of those things where it was Indiana was a, a real, and I'll do this real quick. They were up, up by a little bit, and then uh, Ohio State tied it, and it was back and forth in the first half. And then by the end of the first half, Ohio State was up by 21. Yeah, like but, but then Indiana came back. They and did. I, and, and I think they I, – I really think because if you compare them to the Michigans and the Penn States of the world, and this, this was kind of my overarching point, Northwestern and Wisconsin, the Wisconsin's Penn States and Michigans, we will argue, are more talented, should be more talented teams than Indiana, Northwestern are. But I think that those teams with less talent that are uh, – probably realize these are smart kids that they aren't as talented came together better. And I think that, I, I think that in Indiana actually outplayed Ohio state at times because they were better coached. And I think they were schemed better. And I certainly think uh, Northwestern over, uh, over uh, Wisconsin was, I just, I just wanted to give a nod to the fact that in a year where I think we all thought we were going to see, a just and we and we will to an extent with Clemson and Alabama, but when we all thought we were going to see knife through butter, uh, uh, hot knife through butter for some of the more talented teams, I think what we're seeing is those more talented teams also have good coaching, and some of the talented teams' coaches. It's a COVID year; you're not going to be held responsible for this. Um, yeah. And I think we see a team like Minnesota that was that hardworking team last year that didn't adapt right. as well. Um, I, I think I, I, I think we have to nod towards uh, towards teams like that uh, because I agree. I, I mean, I'm very impressed by. I agree. That was uh, Northwestern looks great. Indiana gave it all they could. I agree with that. Uh, Cincinnati stayed un- unbeaten against a rival. Um, it's fun. It's it's fun to see what's happening below the first tier, but unfortunately, and I don't think I'm just being dark. You don't think Northwestern can beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game? No, no, of course not. Ohio State, you know, Justin Fields did not have – Justin Fields hurt his Heisman chance. He sure did. Yes, he did. And uh, he he didn't have a good game. He threw some picks that were ugly and kind of kept Indiana Indiana in the game. Um, Beyond the first tier, beyond Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State – you know, the most interesting thing, and it usually is every year in the college football playoff, it's who, who's that fourth team? Is it is it Oklahoma? Well, you know, won't, won't, won't be a Big 12 team this year. Is it Notre Dame? Yeah. It, is it the Gators? Do they have a path? Uh, is, are, is Will the Aggies get in there because they beat Florida? Um, I think not there's Florida some, beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. No chance. That's true, but I'm not, Sorry, you Kansas know. A&M. No, no, they won't. You're absolutely right. I'm not sure they can. Yeah. Um, but – it's. Uh, I think Florida is probably the most interesting team vying for that fourth spot. Yeah. Um, even more than. Um, yeah, more than I think. Well, who else would who else would it be? This Cincinnati, player? BYU. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't think they're going to make it. It's fun, but yeah. they're in. They're in a lower tier than Florida. I, I don't think. You know, I don't right. think Florida would have any problem with Cincinnati or BYU. To tell you yeah, uh, uh, UCF gave Cincinnati a pretty good game. Um, they they did, and it, it's a big rivalry. Yeah, and, it is. And, uh, and 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 Cincinnati came out on top. Yeah, Cincinnati's good. I just Cincinnati's, again, I, Cincinnati's very impressive, and, and so is BYU. But you know, uh, and so is Northwestern. But right, uh, Indiana. 
Or, and we still have to look at Oregon and USC both moved on. I know USC is only ranked 20th, but I, I Oregon think Oregon barely gets happens. by UCLA, barely. They did, but you know what? I think we need to see these teams a couple of games in. Everybody getting the, in their first game, some teams maybe a second game, but it's, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I still I still find it hard to believe that. I think if things play out chalk through the rest of the season, uh, I think Notre Dame uh, – unless they are blown out by Clemson. And I don't know where that's, that'll be a fun discussion. Where is the line? How badly can Notre Dame lose and still make it to the championship? If Cincinnati wins out, if Brigham Young wins out, um, can they, if Florida then beats Alabama, can they get in over? I have a scenario for you then, John. Okay. Florida, Florida beats Alabama. Okay. Notre Dame loses by a touchdown. Okay. To uh, and and they're tied midway through the fourth quarter to Clemson, okay. so they both finish with one loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida has one loss, Alabama has one loss, mm-hmm. and uh, Notre Dame and Clemson have one loss. That's five teams. Yeah, Oregon is undefeated. Yeah, do they hopscotch a Florida that just beat Alabama? What, how many how many games have we played? How many did we lose? How many games they, have each team played? What about uh, a Miami that only lost to Clemson? Uh, I, I, they be, because they're on Clemson's side in the ACC. They don't have like Florida has an opportunity. If, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, I mean, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame, does that knock Notre Dame back and make Miami more formidable? Possibly. And and again, John, remember the ACC Possibly. inexplicably is the only uh, conference that doesn't have a championship game this year. It's just one big oh, conference. No. Okay. So um, so I don't know Miami. I I just don't know if they have a path back. But let's assume that Florida beats. Let, let's assume Florida finishes eight and one, nine okay. games, nine games, and uh, and uh, you know uh, Alabama's nine and one. Say mm-hmm. they had they got another one in there. Uh, Clemson's nine and one, and Notre Dame is eight and one. And um, <clears throat> so you've got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Florida, and um, and and who's oh and Ohio State's undefeated. Right. Ohio State goes goes seven and zero. Oh. Eight okay. Okay. So you have those five teams, and then yes. and then Oregon six and zero. Oh. Yeah. Six and zero. Oh, no. Well, then they well, seven and zero. Oh, they they win a championship game. They they beat the rematch against uh, UCLA. Uh, inexplicably, UCLA <laughs> under Chip Kelly has a resurgence and great um, uniforms. Still, though. And uh, they finish seven and zero. Oh. So if they qualify, which teams would they would they boot out? Under that scenario, which is probably, you know probably Oregon. No, I mean if Oregon finishes seven and zero, which team do they do they do they? I, I don't know that out? they do. I, I don't know that they do. I think I I think yeah, Florida upsetting Alabama changes things because I don't think unless you know if Florida blew out Alabama in some way, if Alabama had lost Mac Jones maybe, and you did, know, did you ahead. say Ohio State had a loss? No, no, they're, they're undefeated. undefeated. Okay, so, I mean, but I mean, in your scenario, they stay yeah. undefeated. In my scenario, they're undefeated. I think Florida gets in ahead of Alabama if they beat them, and they both I have one loss. I don't think they, they both do. have one it's, loss. I don't think, it's, but the, uh, uh, Florida's loss would have been to a lower ranked team. It's head to head. Notre Dame's oh, no, lost right. to North Carolina. What'd you say? Is yeah. Notre Dame's loss to North Carolina? Uh, no, Notre Dame. Notre Dame would lose to Clemson. 
And the, they don't and, play them again, though. Oh, do they don't they? play them again. There's no, no championship game. No, I think there is a championship game. It's just the top two teams. It's just the top two oh, teams. Okay, that's because right, you right, said right, earlier. Right. And I think, okay. They don't have because division I, I did. I did just look. I did just look at the the remaining schedule. And if Notre, Notre Dame does lose to North Carolina and Miami beats North Carolina, Miami does have an argument to uh, hopscotch over Notre Dame. Possibly well, Miami that would then play Clemson. I'm, the, I'm playing. I'm playing Homer here. You're right. They would no. have to beat Clemson. Yeah, it's yeah. It, uh, it there there are scenarios. Yeah, we haven't worked those things completely out. But if things move along generally as chalk, Mark, as uh, as you laid it out, with the exception of Florida upsetting Alabama, uh, <laughs> I think there's a pretty good chance that both Florida and Alabama again. And if if uh, if Florida I think if all Alabama, things are right in the world, Florida deserves to be in right now anyway. Mm, that defense, I just still don't think that defense is good enough. Doesn't that come out tomorrow? First one, uh, maybe. I thought it was the the Monday after Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving? After Thanks. Thanksgiving? Okay. I thought it was after. I might be wrong. I again don't know. I might be 24th. wrong. Twenty fourth. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's Tuesday, uh, the twenty fourth. But I'm, right. I, Lenny's asking a question. Uh, can Clemson get in with two Irish losses? Say a triple OT field goal loss in the <laughs> ACC champion. Oh, I don't, so I don't if think Clemson, so. I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think, think so. they would. I, you know, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame, they'll they'll probably get in. If yeah. uh, Alabama and Florida, the scenario happens, both of those get in. So now it's Alabama, Florida, Clemson, and Ohio State. Yeah. That's it. More than likely. Yeah, and you're so going to have to have. So Notre Dame's out. Right. And an undefeated Oregon would be out. Yeah. Yeah. For the Pac-12 the Pac team to, to, to get there, there's going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to have another loss uh, of an SEC team probably. um or a blowout loss, clearly that's different. If Florida gets there and Alabama beats them, you know, 42 to 17 or something ridiculous, then I think that that ends the conversation. But it, 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 it's really, really interesting. But I do think it, uh, it's also interesting to look at uh, what I was talking about is particularly in the Big Ten that uh, their uh, that coaching is is winning out. And in, in, in a in a conference where uh you have the most high profile named coach is getting is way on a hot seat. I think you got to look at Indiana and Northwestern and say, Hey, those guys are, those guys are doing a hell of a job. And then I now agree. they've been on the move for a bit. Northwestern's always been a cusp team ever since Gary Barnett, they've had down years and Pat Fitzgerald has had good years, but Indiana has been in a, a wasteland, but from everything that we're seeing, you know, cause you get the rear view mirror, they've actually been, loading up with some pretty decent talent and uh they they did really i know that ohio state got out ahead of them way mark but any other indiana team in the past once ohio state was up 21 totally would, folded, yeah would have beaten them by 56 i agree i agree no, right neat, there with them it was neat to see how they hung in i, I yeah. really i really liked that and uh you know it turned out to be a a, a a very entertaining football game there's no doubt about it but in the end john in the end <laughs> What you just laid out was it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and an SCC West team. Not Georgia this year because Florida right. beat them. Right. So it's like same, you know. Can, can we all just agree that we hope Michigan beats Ohio State? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Mark, I, Mark I can, we, can we agree? I hope that, but it's, yes. it's wasted energy to have any hope in that. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. Ohio State's going to finish undefeated, and so will probably Alabama. So, you know, you know, they're probably going to play for the national championship. And it's like seven o'clock tomorrow night, Lenny says. Yeah, there seven you go. o'clock tomorrow night. We're going to we're going to find out. Should be well, interesting. That'll be, that'll be fun. 
Should be really, really interesting. All right, I want to give everybody the trivia question one more time. Lenny guessed between 30 and 45 minutes. Um, just doing something different with the trivia question, folks, if you're listening. Rick Riley, the uh, Sports Illustrated columnist, and uh, the man Mark has a love-hate now kind of uh, trending More towards love. love relationship with. But I think we all admit is can be a can be a pretty funny writer and funny funny guy. He actually went to a baseball game in 2000 and timed the amount of time the ball was in play. A lot of talk about baseball games just too long it's too much we need to shorten the game um three hour and 15 minute game that's how from the play ball until the final out how much of that time was the ball in play lenny guessed 30 to 45 minutes i will tell you that uh obviously 45 is more than 30 and 30 is too much so it is under 30 minutes under a half an hour worth of play all right actual um, game time Actual game time. Let's move on to our potpourri. Uh, and just just a couple of things. But first, I want to throw out, um, I don't know enough about this to to have an opinion particularly. But uh, Robinson Cano's numbers and career apparently are borderline Hall of Fame-ish, according to some people. He's now been suspended for the entire season next season, the entire 2021 20, uh, season, whenever that starts and however that whatever that means. Um, how badly does this hurt his chances and do you believe that we will ever move towards just not caring that much about these sort of things well if we do start moving toward that he's going to be in the back of that line after being suspended an entire season that do you think means, he was in beforehand because he is kind of a you know he's not a hundred percent the robinson can know I'd, I'd say he's a cusp you know yeah. he had he had probably six seven seasons where he was one of the best Second baseman, best all-around players in Major League Baseball, but um, and that's that's a pretty good swath to to be at the top for that many years in a row. Uh, but to be suspended the entire season, that's go- if Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens can't get in because because they were named in the Mitchell report. Neither one of them failed any tests. They were named in the Mitchell report, and everyone speculates because they were so successful late. In, uh, in their career, which is more about the uh, human growth hormone than it is about steroids. But regardless, if, if they struggle to get in, and, and each year when Hall of Fame votes, they're getting more and more. They're getting more and more. But it's, it's, it's taken a Herculean effort to do that. And all of the uh, – whoever's in charge of the Hall of Fame, they, they took it down from, 10, from 15 years to 10. So there's less time for uh, Clemens and Bonds to get in. If they have that kind of struggle, then there's no way Cano – as a shot, he had all. a he had a potentially <laughs> Hall of Fame career, but he did not have a getting over steroids yeah. type career to get into the Hall of Fame. I I think could yeah, he throw I, together I could he throw together three or four more you know Hall of Fame ish statistic seasons and fight his way back into it? Because I never I really thought of him in terms. Of, I thought of him as a very very good player, but I never really thought of him in Hall of Fame terms, frankly. I don't think so because I think he was on his way down. If you look at his latest statistics, right. I think he batted 254 right. before this last year where he batted right. 316. But we've seen so, guys bounce back and put together there, a couple of great seasons after. There, I think I think if he put together three really good seasons, then yes, there could be an argument made. I just don't think he physically is capable of doing Probably that. not. Probably not. Not at this point in time. I think that's why he he used, frankly. And sure. I think it might have been human growth. I don't I'm not even sure. I don't think they've they haven't delineated what it was, right? Kopa for Schlagen. 
It was Kopp of Oh, was it Kopp of Yeah, it was Kopp of Schlagen. Okay, yeah, he's, well, he's that's then just for, dosing for up sure. on Kopp of Schlagen. You, you, don't, you don't come back from that, John. No, no, nor, nor should you. Um, another topic, Mark, that uh, we both want to talk about is Theo Epstein leaving the Cubs. Yeah. And where where does Theo go? Because he made it clear that this wasn't retiring from baseball. He just felt that he needed to move on. He'd been there about a decade, which is about the same amount of time he was in um, – he, yeah. he was in Boston. So where where does it make sense? He has resurrected Cleveland, or brought championships to. Is it Cleveland for you? Well, because it was nineteen. It was nineteen uh, eighteen for the. Mm-hmm. the uh, it was nineteen. What was it? Sixteen. What was the Cubs? Nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight. Yeah. So eighteen oh eight. So ostensibly, you're going back ten years. So the team that last won in eighteen ninety eight, but we, can't, we really can't do that. So just go to the team that has spent the long, has had the longest championship drought, and that's the Cleveland years. Indians. Yeah, I think he's going to take a different tack because I don't think he'll go from shitty weather to slightly less shitty weather. I think he's going to do he, it this he, time he to go Boston to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I think I think this time he's going to go to a place where there's a guy that hasn't sniffed a World Series that should sniff a World Series. I think he's going to Anaheim. Yeah, I thought that might that was uh, a, certainly a possibility uh, that he could go to Anaheim. I, I, I just, united with his old manager. They, need, well. they yeah. need front office help like nobody else. And there aren't really, you know, Cleveland Mark is probably, yeah, that's probably the best because there aren't really a lot of other, you know, kind of franchises that, come to mind for people immediately when you say major league baseball apologies to the Seattle Mariners and the, you know, the Texas Rangers and some other teams, but the Cleveland Indians, you know, Bob Feller, they, 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 uh, they have a pretty big history, but you're right. A lack of uh, success, certainly world series winning success for the last 62 years. That's fun. There was speculation that Theo would go to the white Sox because then he didn't have to even move. And right. the White Sox actually have a, a much better team probably than they the do. teams that he's taken over in the past. And that that might be, a, a, you know, as, as we get older and we move up the ladder, don't we want, don't we want less effortful jobs? Don't we want to I, work I, I, less hard? Not, not Theo Epstein. I know. It's okay. just two I decades, disturb. right? He had a decade with Boston, a decade with Chicago. He's 46, John. I know. I don't, I don't think he's he, 46. I don't. I don't think they need him, though. I think whoever's running that organization right now is doing a fantastic job, and they just don't need a guy like him. Right. But he's Theo Epstein, and no matter how well you do with the Chicago White Sox, the problem is even if you win a World Series, people don't come into Chicago in the summer and go, man, let's go to Comiskey Park. They want to go to Wrigley. It's just, you know, you're always going to lose that popularity contest. So if he could... You know, if, if, you, if you talk you get about some... sexy franchises, though, because the Red Sox and the Cubs are two of the sexiest franchises yes, in Major are. League Baseball, uh, start with their stadiums. Start start there and then start with the curses that they both endured mm-hmm. and the fan bases that are all over the country for both those teams. So what's, what's, an, what's a good example of that? What's a good example of a team that really, if they're doing well, are really fun to follow? and fun to watch and fun to be a part of, even if you're not a fan, uh, you know, what's that, what's that other team out there? I mean, I, for a little bit of me says it's the Braves, but they don't, need point, they don't need it either. No. <clears throat> what about, I, and then the Marlins already have, you know, already have Derek Jeter. Right. And, and they're in the com as well. Um, maybe it's the Phillies, the Reds. Oh, 
Oh, the Reds. There you go. That's, that's I mean, there's a there's a history. There is a history. One. And they they've have, got some players there. They don't have. I mean, they've obviously got some holes, but they do have some young talent to build on there. Great pitching um, already. Yeah. Terrific pitching. Um, a, yeah, that that would be, you know, but you, you're living in Chicago and you moved to Cincinnati. You know. Well, again, he was in Boston. Yeah. Now, granted, yeah, it's a Boston's a cool city and then Chicago's a cool city, but the weather's horrible. Right. Yeah, and, and, and you're going from Chicago. I mean, the, the next best place would go. What about the Mets? Oh, what if wow. he goes to New York? Well, that'd be kind of fun, too. I mean, he's been in Boston. He's been in Chicago. He could go to L.A., which is Jeff's thing. He could go to another big town. Yeah. But let's face it, L.A., you know, the Angels aren't L.A.'s town, no matter how much they try to change right. the name. You're right. Never will be. Uh, they never will be. But and, and, and fair to be fair, the Mets aren't New York's town either. But when the Mets are good, when the Mets are performing, the country takes note. And, they do. And, and, and they generate a love-hate relationship. With the, with with normal baseball fans that normally don't care about the Mets, and I tell I, you what, I can would, think of a job in New York that they could really use him for. That is the team in New York, the Knicks. <laughs> really, he just switched sports. How great would that be if he's like, I've done everything you're, I could you're do. The in computer algorithm, anyway. What's yeah. any sport works? You know what? You're not, you're not on, on uh, incorrect. In fact, Bar, I would love to see him in the Mets because the new Mets ownership has a sense of humor. I sent you this tweet several days ago and some things have happened in our lives where we've forgotten what, you know, but uh, Steve Cohen, one of the owners of the Mets in the new Met ownership group, he tweeted, let's take a vote. How about we have a Bobby Bonilla day every year, hand him an oversized check and drive a lap around the stadium. Could be fun. I love that. That's kind of made me like a nominal Mets fan at this point, because why not? I, I think the New York Mets, I think the New York Mets, because is there, you know, like, is there any, you know, they, they've got DeGrom and, and Syndergaard still, right? They've got those two. Yeah. But are, are there, and, and they had a, they had a bopper. They had a real big hitter. They Who's still do. Pete Alonzo. Yeah. Alonzo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pete Alonzo. Alonzo. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but there, but there really aren't ho- household names per se. Right. But the New York Mets. That's not bad. Became, you know. New ownership. I, and I think he just needs to go to big, you know, big towns. Yeah. Maybe. Know? Hey, and if the Bobby Bonilla day works out, maybe they can sign him to an extension. Maybe. There you go. He's the guy that put them over the top to win their They signed him an theory. extension for Bobby Bonilla day. So yep. literally, we're just going to keep paying you. You're going to come and do this. Cause, and, 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 and we're going to. And can yeah. he come in with Allen Houston at some point? That'd be perfect. They're perfect. And, and, he, and he steps up. He does a Kirk Gibson for him. Now, Michelle Claremont, uh, yeah. first, first time caller, she says. Yes. Yes. And, uh, she says, why do the throwback uniforms always look so much cooler and better than the current uniform? She'll hang up and she'll listen. She's very funny. I'll handle this. Please. Older things are better than newer things, ladies. <laughs> very nice. Good job. All right. Yeah, good. <laughs> I like it. Is that fair? I like it. You're, right. you're pretty irresistible, John Pelkey. I don't know how anyone, <laughs> I, I don't know how any, anyone could say no to that. And, and yet... It's a it's a and common yet. and constant and occurrence that people say no to it. It's just yeah. Well, it's the fact that you wonders. still ask, the fact that you're still putting it out there and asking that you haven't given up the question yet <laughs> says a lot for you. You're like the Indiana who's you know you're you're like the the football team. Indiana, yeah. Just just fall just a little bit short, but don't give up trying. It's almost the whole thing that you despise so much that effortful Ever- thing. Yeah. In that 
in that realm of your life, you're, you know, you're, you're Durka, Durka, Durka. I can still make it. Okay. I really think that you're so awesome that there's like a slapback effect. Could be. Your awesomeness goes <laughs> all the way over here, but then it kind of like slaps back. Could be. And that's like, why you you suffer these setbacks. Like everybody's, these everybody's, yeah, everybody is like, I'm, to everybody, I'm what LeBron is to Skip Bayless. You know, it's just, the, the, I'm so good that he just, he just can't handle it. They just can't handle no, it. He's right. got to be bad because he's so good. By the way, Michelle Claremont, uh, yes. highly approve of yep. your uh, your answer. Yep. So yep. there it is. She's yep. she's a huge fan, John. Outstanding. It's good to know. Yes. I'm a huge fan of hers as well. She's, she's told me, yes, yes. I, I am too as well. She's texted me and said, I just love John Pelkey. Yeah, well, excellent. Yes. Very, very nice. Well, very thank nice. you. Really? God, you. so you're texting back and forth with Michelle Claremont. Go uh, on. I don't even know Michelle Claremont. She texted me. Wow. She- <laughs> wow. All right. Michelle, yeah. Yeah. sit yeah. at home, texted everybody. Michelle right. probably once or twice a week uh, texts me to tell me how awesome you are, Johnny. Well, thank you. Well, it's, good. it's good to know. It uh, is. It's, it's irresistible. I don't know how anyone says no. I don't, I don't, I don't either. If I wasn't in California, I'm telling you. And <laughs> if I ever get the opportunity, I'm going to go right over Mark and headbutt her. Uh, okay. Wow. Nice. Wow. Right. Nice way to all bring back. it all around, Jeff. Brought it all around. And and you know what? Uh, uh, I I wasn't I I would I, I, I'm debating whether because that that's really should be the mic drop and we give the answer. But I did want to bring up one more thing, and that is um, normally when we say something on the show, when we pick a team that we think is is the shoe in to win, or you know what we think is going to happen, exactly the opposite happens, or some tragedy befalls them. And uh, after we predicted that the Golden State Warriors were going to win it all within. I, I believe 11 minutes, I believe 11 minutes later, maybe, or seconds to Mark's point, uh, Clay Thompson tears, uh, is ACL, MCL, I don't know. Um, and uh, on top of that, I think the Lakers had a really good week. I think the Lakers had a really good week. Talk about the rich getting richer. Yeah. Um, it's uh, so I, I think that uh, we, we, we doomed <laughs> so you're doing the Lakers now. Now you're doing the Lakers. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. Doing my yeah. best. Doing your best. Yeah. That's it. So, that's uh, it. They're going to win. And, put put and all I, your money on it. I, I'm going to circle back very quickly to Theo. He's won two championships with two different teams. I think only three other GMs have done that. Pat Gillick with the Philadelphia Phillies most recently and then with Toronto. Yep. Dave Dombrowski, who did it with um, the Red Sox yep. recently. Mm-hmm. And then prior to that was, I think, the Marlins, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was the Marlins, yeah. And then Marlins. it was Scherholz, who did it with uh, the Braves and um, one other team, and I can't recall it right. No, the Royals. The Royals. Scherholz. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, 85 Royals. And uh, so those those guys have done with two. So no one's done it with three. So that's the thing. Does Theo break that mold as well, like he broke the two curses in Chicago and Boston? Well, I th- yeah. I, I'd say yes. So congratulations Look, to the New York Mets. From well a competitive done. standpoint, the teams we've mentioned, the Mets, Cincinnati, Cleveland, or the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, up the 9, the I-9, down, take Ventura. Yorba Linda. You always have to take, throw Yorba Linda. Take, 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 take the train to Yorba Linda, whatever in the hell they're called. Yeah. Um, it, 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 just from a sheer talent standpoint, who would you take? I think I'd go with Cleveland with Cincy a, a close second. And then better um, pitching both across the board. I think Cleveland just has a more complete team overall. Yeah, they, yeah I probably. think Cincinnati has some great thing and is 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 on the come. 
think uh, I think the New York Mets and, and the other team you you were talking about is the um, the, Angels, the Angels who are pitching away from contending. <clears throat> I would probably put the Angels maybe slightly above the Mets, although both seem like a tire fire every year. Yeah. There's always always so much hope and hype, hope and hype, and they always flame out seemingly. Yeah. Angels it's had gonna a horrible be, year this year, and they should not have had a horrible year this year. Yeah, but you know, COVID. We'll see how much of that was COVID, right, which is we, which is why there's an asterisk uh, on every uh, champion <laughs> outside the Lakers. Because I mean, the Lakers, you know, they played their whole season basically. Sure. They played the whole season, right? But you you you've kind of undercut your you've kind of undercut your argument, Mark, by saying that the Dodgers were the best team in baseball. So. Well, that's because I'm not an idiot, and I'm I'm, I'm going to acknowledge the. Don't sell yourself short, Mark. Tell <laughs> yourself Good short. Good call. That's right. <laughs> never Good say call. never. Mark. I know. Nadisha Mejia, Durka, Durka, Durka. I can be an idiot. All right, let's give the answer to our progressive trivia. I thought this was pretty was remarkable. I asked in 2000, Rick Riley, because remember that all the discussions about baseball being too long. I mean, that started. As we, frankly, as we saw more and more football make its way to television, and I think it had as much to do with that as it did anything else, um, that baseball was too long. So in 2000, he went to a baseball game and he timed the game, uh, the actual time that the ball was in play. Now, the game itself from, I said this before, but in case you're just joining us, welcome, from play ball to the final out was three hours and 15 minutes. How much of that time was the ball actually in play? The only guess we got was from Lenny. You yeah. said between 30 and 45 minutes, which was too much. Yeah. Mark, uh, I know you know the answer. Jeff, do you know the answer to this? I don't. Can I make uh, a guess? Yes, I, I want you to. Please do. 11 minutes. Um, excellent. W- way to undersell because you knew that it was probably going to be a lot less. That is a little bit short. It was actually 12 minutes and 22 seconds. 12 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds. Now, that's a three-hour and 15-minute baseball game. Football games are three hours. And the amount of time most people say in a football game is somewhere between 12 and 15 minutes, depending yeah, on the difference. So I, I, I brought it up why I thought it was interesting because Michelle Claremont gets it uh, seconds after I said it, which is outstanding. Uh, I, I'm so, going to say this, Michelle, if he, your husband wouldn't have been able to get it that quickly. He would not have been able to type it in quick, any more quickly than that. I think you would agree, Mark. I, I would agree, but I think if you talk, if you factor in the delay, she got it before you said it. She might have. She probably did. She probably did. But I, what I want to argue now is it's not that baseball, the games are too long or that it's too Basically, just the pace of play itself, the by benefit of what how the game is structured, for whatever reason, from the middle half of the 20th century forward, we, as, as a people, because it, it, there's as no... There's no doubt about it. We trended more towards the type of action that football has than the type of action that baseball has. I'm not saying one sport's any better than the other, but I think the argument that, oh, it's just too long, I can't put in that kind of time, is frankly bullshit. I know, I know. No, that's that's true. It's because in terms of the actual game action, it's it's very similar to the NFL. You're absolutely right. But I don't think it's because necessarily. I mean, I think that's a factor that our appetite for anything pastoral since right. 1950 has waned. Football's, I mean, I, football's more violent. It, it certainly lends itself to television better, too. We've all talked about that with instant replay and everything. Football is a better game on television. I certainly believe than it is as a live game. And, you know, it, it certainly lends itself to the event element. Football's an event. It's once a week an event. Where baseball, it's like you know every every 
it's 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 just it's it's inexorable and you're just you're just trying to go home is all you're trying to do (laughs) with baseball and uh and i think our appetite for that possibly is a little bit less but i don't necessarily what i think the problem is is the specialization in pitching and some of the analytics going on because the the time these pitchers take in between pitches, and I'm not even talking about changing, you know, have, bringing in six pitchers in a game, which obviously adds to the time. But these pitchers take so much time. There's no way they did that back in the day. It was still well, not no, and I still I can't remember his name though. But you know, well, let me see. I can't remember the guy's name, but I mean, there was there was a guy back in the day, and I wish Drew Crockett were on the show with this. He used to stand next to me at Braves games. And call the shows over there, but he was literally known as the uh, the human rain delay because he just took so long between pitches. So I mean, there's always the guys that make a lot of rules. I think it's I think that the people that that work quickly, the pitchers that work quickly these days, are the exception to the rules. Yeah, maybe. And and, and to me, I always sort of poo pooed this long argument about baseball. It's like it's 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 pastoral. Just deal with it. Just deal with it. Why are people? crying but i do get annoyed with that part i do get annoyed with pitchers guys stepping out changing stepping stepping out of the box shaking off the the, their armor 10 times you know what i mean it's but the batters also stepping out and having to you know all the armor they're wearing to move it around and grab their supporter Uh, and all that michelle's uh affection and fondness for you john um is dependent on you need you needing to recognize that she got in before the bell. She got I, I do. I recognize it one hundred percent. Yes, okay, I, I, I I realize that. I I'm old. Say it in words. Say it in words that Michelle Claremont got it right. Michelle Claremont, congratulations for for uh, winning our trivia again. You get get the thanks of a grateful nation, um, and little or nothing else. All right. Anyway, interesting, interesting. I just thought that was the fact that I the amount of time that actually is live play in both sports is almost the same within a, a couple minutes of each other. And I never would have guessed that. I would have guessed 20, 25 minutes just blind. If somebody would ask me why, that's, that's what I would have guessed. Because I knew it would be a lot less than people think. Um, but I really never thought that it would be less than tw- 20 minutes, honestly. I, I really didn't. Um, so anyway, moving forward. All right, anything else, Mark, um, that, you, that you felt we needed to talk about? I think we've covered everything that we said we were going to discuss Anything you want to pass along to people? You've traveled the country uh, against CDC rules. You're basically I, I, I'm, flouting. Once I'm, again, I'm just really, another left-wing hypocrite. So no, do again, as I say, not as I do. Um, just defend yourself. When's wow. your reservation at French Laundry? <laughs> exactly. While all those things are true, John Pelkey, in this yeah. case, uh, you know, there's a bit of a, you feel a little bit of an obligation um, to uh, to see the folks who are up in age. Now, obviously I know the first, the first argument to that is, yeah, well, you're ensuring that it's their last Thanksgiving by doing right. it. Um, but we were all very careful. They haven't all seen me tested. since I had smallpox. <laughs> we all got tested beforehand. We're all uh, negative. We're, we're all go, going through the airport, double masked with shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're socially distant visiting and we're going to eat as much as we can outside. And so, so we're, we're following all the guidelines as best we can. And uh, yes, but I know I will be judged by all of my, all of my left wing friends. Will be for <laughs> change that tense. Our being, our yeah. being currently judged vociferously yes. by all of my left wing friends for flouting, all of the, uh, you know, the science out there. And uh, yeah, every single expert I've heard, every single one said, please don't travel on Thanksgiving. Yep, that's okay. But, I'm sorry, Governor. Yeah, Nixon, it was your not point. Thanksgiving. It was not Thanksgiving. Say, say hello to, in fact, you brought up the French Laundry. Uh, uh, the chef, who the guy who owns the French Laundry, did an event with him 
once and he invited me to come out there. He's like, just let him know, you know, and I, I knew what that meant, you know, because I was a low level Disney performer so that he probably went back to his underlings and said, have that man killed immediately. Um, but I, I slipped out of his net because uh, he was thinking of something else. But uh, yeah, Mark, enjoy the French laundry. Enjoy uh, flouting CDC rules. And uh, basically, and you know, Gavin, and hey. Gavin, you know, if Gavin Newsom, you know, he might, he, he might, he might lock me up. You haven't, you have, having Thanksgiving with Gavin Newsom. If you get a picture of yourself having Thanksgiving with Gavin Newsom, uh, I, I want it unmasked at an indoor gathering. That's it. Right, with with eighty people. In That's a, the only way we'll forgive you. In a building that is designed to have fifty. Yeah. It's the Make only sure way at least half of them are lobbyists. That's right. That's right. Well, good, good, good God. That's that's the job. We need to get. Uh, what would friend, we lobby? What would we lobby for, John? Um, Who would pay us to lobby for lower their concert tickets? <laughs> lower price concert tickets? Because Eddie Vetter, Eddie Vetter will invest. Yes, that because that's ridiculous playing that. Now, uh, our good friend uh, Jerry Isinger and I, um, you know, given everything that's happened with COVID and the fact that you know I'll clearly never work in my. Uh, assigned field again right. um and all of those things we've we we kind of fell upon an idea and i hate to give it away here because it's just i don't want too many people to think but we think that there's money in running guns to algeria <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm sure there is and i'm sure there's a, a, a few guys you can talk to it's very stylish to hook you up it's you know and we don't want to be and we just thought you're not really understanding what that would require because you know yeah couple of yahoos like us we just go to walmart and buy a bunch of 22s sure and uh take them over to algeria well we can't afford jeff jeff's giving me the look like we we, we don't have we don't have a lot of investment money so we can't well, we, i can't hook them up with ak's and uh, stuff. you can afford a nine millimeter it's uh the algerians are going to turn you away if you turn, show up at the border with a bunch let of me tell you something i the algerians have never turned down a gun in their life you want you want to have a happy day? Uh, show a gun to an Algerian. They're right there. Well, you know what it is? It's running guns to the people that no one thinks has guns. The Algerian citizens right. who are the great silent majority as they watch their country, you know, get destroyed because of all the gun running happening yeah. in it. With all the with all the you know government officials and all the anti government officials. But right. in the meantime, they're this great swath of unwashed citizenry that mm. is just watching their country d- dissipate and they're the ones who are secretly supplied all these 22s yeah so when when that inevitable knock on the door comes during the purges uh-huh they'll just they'll just blow those people away before yeah. they even have a chance to get in the door john and jerry showed up at the algerian border and they said oh thank you we're having big squitter problem yes exactly. we're having big squitter problem uh, uh, yeah uh, I, but we just want to do it because apparently, well, you know, if you're an arms dealer from every movie that I've seen, you have Italian suits and you're driving <laughs> Ferraris right. and you have very, very attractive women, women on your arm. Yeah, sure. it looks sure. like a, a sexy job. It requires that you have little or no moral center. And shit, check, check, I mean, check, check, check. I mean, keep, there's good money in it. Uh, yeah. Let me, so. let, me, let me make a safer suggestion. Why don't you, Jerry, write a movie about an Algerian gun runners and then you can play those parts i'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you asked that question jeff because it's gonna it's gonna put a button on this entire show of which M- michelle uh, claremont was a large uh character throughout i know um, i know, where, I know what, what you're gonna say is here's the reason we're not gonna do that jeff because many years ago my good friend michelle claremont uh wife of my our good friend uh riley claremont we were uh, we would frequently uh 
all hang out together. Mark, Riley, myself, Jerry, the aforementioned Jerry Isinger, the late Adam Ledbetter. Um, and we would discuss a lot of things, a lot of ideas. They were creative people. We had a lot of ideas. Funny. We laughed. A lot of ideas. A lot of fringe shows. That a lot we of fringe shows, screenplays, sure. web series, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And uh, so we would do that quite quite a bit. And uh, Riley told me once that Michelle said to him when he said, hey, uh, the boys are coming over tonight. She said, oh, that's so great. I always look forward to listening to you come up with a thousand good ideas that none of you will ever act on. So that's that's, you know, that's why. Our screenplay Algerian arms dealership just being the latest. That's right. So <laughs> there will be no screenplay on Algerian arms dealership, though. <laughs> I just I, I'm not asking for investors. It would be unprofessional. I'm just saying think think about it. Algerian gun runners. Right. And may, maybe it is. Maybe you treat it like a car dealership. So you have commercials yep. like car dealerships and you're just showing off all the different guns. Well, what I what I came up with as an idea was, uh, you know, it's hard to get into uh, like a, a venture capitalist office by saying, hey, listen, we have a great idea for Algerian gun running. I don't know why it's hard to get past the secretary. I mean, I I don't know this from personal experience, but one's one would guess. So what I thought was we come in under the guise of green energy because that's a growth business. So you come in and you set up an entire thing and you spend solar five minutes talking about the the monetary uh, 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 possibilities for um, green energy, whatever green energy, Mark, you can you can have solar, you can you know, whatever it is. Um, and then at the end of that, you, you discuss what, what kind of profit could be made and all of that. And when you get to the end of it, you go, now, doesn't that sound great? Yeah. Well, you know what's even better? Running guns to Algeria. And we I think can, once we're in the room, they're going to listen to the rest of the... We can make a lot of green without spending very much energy. Bingo. There it is. Perfect. That's it, is. it. And for that... Mic drop. Thanks to Michelle Claremont, the, uh, I think we would all agree, the best character in today's show. Uh, for Mark Ferreira and Jeff Taylor, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks again for listening. We will be back um, just before Thanksgiving, Wednesday before yep. Thanksgiving, and we'll discuss uh, uh, how many uh, still standing at the Ferreira Thanksgiving and, uh, you yes. know, what uh, what's, what's going to go on. And uh, we'll see at that point whether or not the Pittsburgh-Baltimore uh, Raven game, the most important game of 2020 up to this point, whether it takes place or not. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.